We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle, he dives, and he's in! Touchdown, 49ers! Kittle, he's gonna go! Touchdown! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight is the same man as always, my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric freaking Crocker. Uh, what's going on, man? And why are we recording on a Saturday evening? I feel like insider Crocky right now. <laughs> I know, man. We were we were doing some detective work before we hopped on here. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're breaking some news that you guys have probably already heard, but we're going to give our uh, thoughts on it. And uh, my, you know, obviously we're about to talk about Matthew Stafford. And the first I heard of this. This guy, Dan Cilio, and he has his Dan Cilio show. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Cilio, Cilio, uh, I think Cilio. I'm going to go with that. Well, anyways, he <laughs> randomly tweeted. Uh, now it was four hours ago at this point, uh, 8, 8, 8 p.m. Central time on a Saturday night. But um, he tweeted out four hours you know, prior to this current time, 49ers and the Lions are talking about a deal for Matthew Stafford. And I'm like, wait, what? Right? So, I'm, you know, obviously I'm caught off guard. But I'm not thinking anything of it. All right? It's just like, okay, maybe it's somebody that's just talking. Here's somebody that, you know, he doesn't have like a bunch of followers. So, I'm like, okay, how credible is this? Right? So, then former offensive lineman TJ Lang, uh, who I want to say, did he play with the Lions? I don't know if he played with the Lions or not. But, anyways, he retweeted Dan's uh, tweet and said, Will be weird to see Stafford in a different uniform, but I hope he gets a chance to win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Guy deserves it, right? And TJ somebody, Lang played for both. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, dude, but TJ Lang played. Looks like he played for both the Packers and the Lions. Okay, okay, so so that makes sense. So I and I remember one of the Packers. So somebody responded to Lang, which is uh, Pride of Detroit. It looks like oh, a really big uh, Lions. Twitter account, they got like 58,000 fo- 58, followers. They said, this is the same dude that said the same thing last year. Don't don't signal boost him, right? And Dan responded saying, I under- I mean, not Dan, uh, TJ Lang responded saying, I understand, but I think this one may have a little bit more validity to it, right? So now I'm like, hmm, maybe TJ Lang, you know, I don't know if he's hearing something or what, right? I mean, these are players. 
maybe agents, you know, you know, maybe, you know, former player, whatever the case is. Is he hearing something about Stafford? I'm still not putting too much stock into it, but it was very precise with the 49ers and Alliance are talking about a trade. To me, that's, that's, that, that gets me kind of my juices flowing a little bit, but that was it. <laughs> that was it until about an hour later. Now you can go, you can take the floor. <laughs> you you can go, you can go. Well, I mean, that's to me, just to kind of echo off what you're saying. It just seems like very, like you, you kind of said it very specific. You know what I mean? Like, and it seems very, there. I don't know the best way to say this, but nothing about it doesn't, it makes sense. You know, like if, just given the timing of it, I guess you could say, it, it would it would not surprise me that the 49ers would be talking to the Lions about Matthew Stafford, especially given he was somebody that kind of the ebb and flow of the NFL, a lot of people thought he might be on the way out. Anyways, and then uh, just a few hours after, or a couple hours after, um, the the tweet that Crocker's talking about, Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network or of the NFL tweeted that the Lions and Matthew Stafford have mutually agreed to part ways this offseason and the team will begin exploring trade options in the coming weeks for their star QB. And then he went on to quote tweet himself and said, a trade would likely happen before the fifth day of the 2021 league year in March when Stafford is due a $10 million bonus. He has two years and $43 million left on his contract, a bargain price for a quarterback who is still playing at a high level. And basically, Crocker's tweet that he's talking about from Dan was like a, you know, maybe like uh, whatever, the, the kindling of the fire. And then Tom Pelissero came along and just threw a whole lot of gas on it. So... Yeah. If you combine the two of those and the fact that they were timed about two hours away from each other, you could probably make a pretty solid assumption, and that's all it is is an assumption, that the 49ers are talking to Matt, to the Lions about trading for Matthew Stafford. It, it, there's just no way that in all the days of the year that those two things could be tweeted within hours of each other and them not be related. So... I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to go off the deep end as far as how much stock we should put into it all, but it would certainly make sense for the 49ers to be interested in Stafford on so many different levels. The, I mean, the first one I guess we should should tackle, just on based on both of our opinions, uh, Croc, is do you think Matt Stafford is an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Yes. Expand. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have been seeing a lot of people with uh, their their thoughts on saying, do we know, right? So the, the the cowboy guy, gosh, I just had his tweet. But he said, let me go to it real quick. He said, let me see, let me see, let me see. Here he goes. So uh, this guy, George Shafari, PFF George, all right. He said, if I'm Matthew Stafford, my preferences are, and he put at one, 49ers, two, Broncos, three, Colts, four, Washington, five, Bears, six, Pats. Um, and the computer cowboy guy, Ben Baldwin, tweeted in, in response to that, whispers, how sure are we that Stafford is a meaningfully better or is meaningfully better than Jimmy G? Now, that's, you're asking now, you know, do I think he's better? Like and, and it's like yes, an emphatic yes at that. Um, it, it, people can kind of go off of numbers and things like that, but when you add context, the one thing that is very clear is that the that Kyle Shanahan has made Jimmy Garoppolo's stats appear better than the what Jimmy is actually capable of doing, if that makes sense, right? Um, he really hides his weaknesses. So I think when you when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, 2019 season, for sure, you look at the numbers, he's high in a lot of categories. But a lot of it is based on Kyle creating a scheme that fits Jimmy. Now, ultimately, the scheme that ends up fitting Jimmy limits the passing game of the offense. So, yes. The, in a very quarterback-friendly offense, 
that guys like Steve Young is drooling over saying he would love to be in this type of offense. Uh, you know, Chris Sims, obviously a buddy of Kyle Shanahan, talks so highly of this offense. And now teams around the league are starting to adapt it. And we've seen what is done even with uh, Aaron Rodgers, with Matt LaFleur, who now it looks like he's about to win an MVP at the age of 37 or 38 years old because this system is so friendly to even him. Like this is like literally the best or second best season of Aaron Rodgers' career. And he doesn't have all those guys like the first year when they went to the Super Bowl and won it. I mean, you're talking about – my bad. You're talking – can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Okay. So you're talking about he had Donald Driver, uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, Greg Jennings. Um, who was the big tight end that they had? That was super athletic. I can't think of his name right now. Jermichael Finley or something like that. Um, he had all these weapons. He doesn't have those guys right now. But the offense is so friendly that he's playing at an even higher level than that. Like, he's about to win the MVP. So it shows, like, the high end of what you're able to do in this offense is is that. And I'm not saying that Stafford is able to give you that, but it elevated the game of Jimmy Garoppolo. And it hit a lot of of his deficiencies, his inability to really consistently throw down the field. Uh, You know, his uh, inability to really throw outside the numbers. Right, so even for Kyle Shanahan, he's he, Jimmy has made it more challenging for him to develop a game plan around him, where they still can win games, and they have done that because he's good enough to do that. But if if you're talking about just from a pure talent perspective and what this type of offense can do for a guy like I don't know Matthew Stafford, it will raise his game even more. So whatever you've seen from Matthew Stafford with the Detroit Lions, you almost have to throw that out the window. And he almost, like, I mean, and not throw it out the window because he's done a lot of really good things. He put up a lot of numbers, kind of empty numbers and whatnot. He's done a lot of it without a run game. He's done a lot of it without, with, you know, trash um, offensive coordinators and uh, not much help uh, in other parts. Obviously, he had Calvin Johnson, but outside of that, there hasn't been a whole lot of help in general for Matthew Stafford. And now you're talking about giving him, a, an offense with Kyle Shanahan that's QB friendly and high level efficient with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, you know, guys like that. And obviously, you know, you know, uh, defense that, you know, if they can retain guys will be, you know, good as well. This is the best situation that Stafford, if he's getting traded to the 49ers, would ever be in. So, like, you can't, like, people, okay, whispers, is he, is he an upgrade? Or, you know, other people we've seen, around 49ers Twitter as like, are we sure he's an upgrade? Yes. Yes. Like it's not even, (laughs) it's not even a, there's no question. Everything that you've seen so far from Stafford add 10 to that. And that's what he'll give you under Kyle Shanahan. He's just been waiting to get into this type of offense to really showcase what he truly can do at the highest level. So, you know, yeah, he's better and we're sure. Yeah, it's to me it's it's not even close. And I and I can understand why people would almost be hesitant to to give Stafford more credit than he deserves. I mean, but you got to understand like Crocker said, he's been with the Lions for a long time. And some they they did a lot of winning and they did a lot of losing. So it, it he's kind of been on both ends. You know, he's had an 11 and 5 season. He's had a a few winning seasons with the Lions. Um, but for the most part, it's just always been either right around average or a losing season. And that isn't necessarily a knock on Matthew Stafford. It's just the way things go. So it, it's never really seemed like the Lions have ever been able to put it all together and really be something that was that was a threatening team in the NFL. And that's not that's necessarily a fault of Stafford's. And to your right. point, I actually have what, a, I have so, uh, so somebody, well, add away, bro. Yeah, somebody somebody had, like, you know, tweeted me, like, or I saw a tweet, and it was, maybe it wasn't to me, but I just responded, which I told myself I'm going to stop doing that, but I did it anyways. But um, <laughs> someone had said, and this is, like, yesterday or something like that, so it's not even today, but someone had tweeted out, and they were like, Matthew Stafford, like, you know, good quarterbacks, they elevate their teams, right? So, like, the fact that he hasn't won much or hasn't won, you know, all the playoff games and whatnot, like, that's that's him being bad, right? Like, that means he's not a franchise guy. Now, what I would say to that, well, what I did say to that is, 
quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, if they have some type of, you know, like, you know, coaching staff and stuff like that, they can overcome not having the best roster. But what you can't overcome, what's extremely difficult to overcome, is bad organizational stru- uh, structure. So when you look at the Lions, they've been bad from an organiza- organization standpoint. Like, that's hard to overcome. I can overcome some injuries here and there or whatever, or maybe my roster not being on point this year. You can kind of overcome that. But when when everything around you is a disaster, and just from the top to the bottom, you can't overcome that. So, like, there's no quarterback ever that – I don't want to say ever because I'm pretty sure somebody could pick out maybe one scenario. But typically, you're not going to see any quarterback that's worth a damn be – Leading a an organization that's a dumpster fire to the playoffs. Think about these teams that have gone years and years and years without winning playoff games or going or without even going to the playoffs. Hell, think of a team that was actually coached well and had talent and still couldn't win because even the coaches couldn't really overcome the cheapness of the organization. And I'm talking about the Bengals with Marvin Lewis. Where they kept they consistently went to the and they and they couldn't really overcome it because the organization was super cheap and this that and the other. You know what I'm saying? Like those are real life factors that people typically don't think about, but you have to take in consideration. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The organization finally had to take a step back and do the right thing, and now they got right. I mean, this is their first playoff appearance in how long? Like you know what I'm saying? And it's not a coincidence, but they got Bruce Arians in there. They let him. They gave him all the power, and they let him turn this thing around. But when you look at teams, some of these other teams like the Jaguars, like the Lions, like it's like there's no question why they're consistently bad. The organizations suck, you know, and and that's what you that's what <laughs> that's what Stafford was up against. You know what I'm saying? And now he finally he finally gets a chance to be traded to a team, whether it's the 49ers or other, it could be like the Colts or something where he goes to a better organization. It, you know, I started laughing when you're in the middle of saying that because the way you were saying it, it's the organization's fault reminded me of that kid saying, the players, this was not on you. This was the coaches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's, instead of replace coaches everything. with organization. You did everything you can. Like, But, like, these organizations do, like, some of them suck. And it, start, it, it starts at the top. If you can't get that right, if you can't figure that out, you're going to continue to suck. Even Jet York, he had to figure it out, right? Jet York had to figure it out. It started snowballing out of control. Luckily, he got the train back on the tracks, right? It can go south really quick, and some people are either too prideful. Think of Jet if Jet York was too prideful to admit that he made a mistake and kept Chip Kelly around. Like, man. But luckily, he was like, nah, I, I, I'm going to get this right. You know, and there's a lot of organizations that just sit back and just keep doing weird stuff. And then the Lions, and not, nothing against Dan Campbell, but if you go if you go off of his uh, press conference at all, I mean, he's talking about biting kneecaps and falling and getting punched <laughs> and then biting the other kneecap. Like, and it's just like I know Stafford was like, "Get me the fuck out of here, <laughs> get me out of here." Well, and it's dude, it, it goes. There's so many aspects of this that have to be considered when you're trying to predict what you're going to expect from a Stafford in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Because you have to realize that that Matthew Stafford, in terms of quarterback talent, is is up there. Top 10 in terms of the type of quarterback he is in and of himself. That's not considering everything else that goes on around him. And... Then, like Crocker said, you have to consider coaches. You have to consider organization. And have they elevated his talent or been able to bring it to the forefront? Or have they suppressed it? And for the most part, it seems like they've done their fair share of, of finding a way to suppress it. And that's not – I don't mean to be too dramatic about that, but it, it certainly never seemed like the Lions were getting the most out of Stafford, despite the fact that you would see – pretty frequently how freaky he was at the position and uh, I mean I remember an interview with Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show and he was saying like like look I know I get a lot of credit for these no look passes Pat Mahomes gets a lot of credit for the no look passes but Matthew Stafford's been doing it longer than both of us 
And <laughs> and sure enough, like a couple of weeks later, there was this ridiculous no look pass from Stafford. I want to say it might have been for a touchdown, but I'm not sure. It was for a touchdown, yeah. Right. And 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 so you have to consider not only is Matthew Stafford an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, but everything about the 49ers is an upgrade for Matthew Stafford, which you you have to take both those things and realize that Kyle Shanahan, Matthew Stafford's getting put into an offense that's going to benefit him more. Kyle Shanahan is getting a quarterback that's going to benefit his offense more. And and it, I think a lot of people are just, just from some of the comments I've seen, might be underestimating what that creates. Because now you're going, you're taking, uh, let's just for lack of a better team, like a 9 out of 10 quarterback, and you're and you're getting him out of a 5 out of 10 offense and organization. And then you're 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 putting him with an uh, an offense that's like a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten. I mean, people really have a high opinion of Kyle Shanahan's offense. And then you combine the two, and it's kind of like a a chain reaction. You know, like all of a sudden things are combusting at a much higher rate than they were ever capable of before because Kyle Shanahan's finally got a quarterback that can make every throw on the field, and not only can make them because I would really be willing to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of making them. He just doesn't do it very much. And it's more, it might be more of a mentality thing than it is necessarily a physical limitation. Is his arm anywhere near as strong as Matthew Stafford's? Of course not. But now you've got a quarterback with the arm talent and the strength and the mentality to make all the throws on the football field. And all of a sudden, you know, you could just see Kyle Shanahan's offense just open up, you know, like, like things get get wider, things get deeper, and it's just like it can't be understated how much of an impact that is. Just think of – look at what Kyle Shanahan did with the Falcons with a quarterback who was in line with what he wanted to do in in Matt Ryan. They set records. They they changed the – I mean, they, they, I wouldn't say they changed the game, but they, they put everybody on notice, and that's why they went to the Super Bowl. And – I just I could see the same things happening with the 49ers like and not to mention the fact that you got to understand that I mean all those guys love Jimmy G but they're but but winning kind of fixes everything and the moment those guys get on a practice field with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford and and that would be the first NFL their first quarterback NFL quarterback that somebody like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel uh, and even George Kittle, first NFL quarterback they've seen outside of Jimmy Garoppolo and their back and his backups. It would be to me, I, I would think it would almost be like shocking, like the difference between having the ball thrown to you by a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Nick Mullins, or a CJ Beathard versus a Matthew Stafford. Like, holy right. shit, what just walked in the room? You know, and, and it, it's just my biggest thing is is understand what Stafford is and understand what Kyle's offense is, and then they're both elite. Or you know, I don't want to get too hyped up about Stanford. He's he's he, Stafford. He's up there, and then you put them together, and it's something even better than what both of them previously had. Right. So you got to understand the just the math of it, the football math of it, and how much that would expand what Kyle Shanahan's willing to do. This is the type of move, and I said this about Deshaun Watson. This is the type of the move that the NFL would 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 not want to see happen. I think I, we read that on Twitter before we jumped on here. Like nobody wants to see Matthew Stafford go to the 49ers because then all of a sudden Kyle Shanahan has exactly what he needs. And so, the scary part of the one more one more little comment. The scary part about Matthew Stafford going to the 49ers, like in in comparison to Deshaun Watson is the 49ers would have to give up far less to get somebody like Matthew Stafford, but may have close to the end result. You know what I mean? Like, right. obviously Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson, but... He's much younger. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's so many reasons why Deshaun would be a better option, but the 49ers all of a sudden have a great quarterback, but have not traded away any of their studs and gave up one or two draft picks. Like, that, so, that's pretty... Pretty good proposition. Go ahead, yeah, brother. So let's talk about that part, right? That, that's what I was getting to. So, um, John Middlecoff, <clears throat> uh, if you guys don't follow him, uh, follow you know at John Middlecoff. He uh, has the Three and Out podcast and the uh, Haberman and Middlecoff podcast with uh, Guy Haberman. Well, John Middlecoff tweeted out. He said, "Who's a former scout himself?" Said uh, every GM or and slash exec I text thinks it's this year's one 
This year's one gets you a phone call about Stafford. Then the bidding starts, probably a first and a second if many teams are involved, and there will be, right? So that was his his tweet, basically saying, like, do you even get, like, the, the lines that take you serious? You got to be putting up a one. So there's a lot of people that's like, oh, well, a two next year and a three uh, and then, like, a one next year or something like that, like, all that stuff. Throw that out the window. It's going to cost at least a one, right? Now, now, now there are contexts with, with the first-round draft picks. They're not all created equal. So if you go off the uh, – uh, Jimmy Johnson trade value, you know, uh, draft chart or whatever, the, the picks uh, value, the 49 – and somebody tweeted this. This is not my tweet. Um, let me see so I can so I can kind of get this guy's name. I don't want to – I don't want to uh, take credit for this. So his name is – right here, Robbie Evans. All right, so Robbie Evans said, the one thing worth knowing – Going in is San Francisco's first rounder is almost exactly the same value as Indy's first and second round pick. So Indy, to beat out the 49ers, would have to give up their first, second, and third. You know what I'm saying? So when you look right. at that kind of context, the 49ers having the 12th overall pick is very valuable. And there is a chance that it might only take the 12th overall pick. You might have to throw in a little something else to kind of sweeten the deal a little bit. But it's going to take a little bit something like that. Now, the one thing I've seen a lot from 49ers fan base is a lot of pushback on giving up pick 12. And to me, why are we even – I mean, this has been the discussion for how long now? That is like, dude, the, we have to solidify this quarterback position. And I get it. Stafford, you know, he's 32 years old, turning 33. Um, He has had some injuries, but he played in every game last year, except for maybe week 16. Uh, like. The dude is still playing at a very high level. He has that capability still. Like, I'm betting on him. Like, can you – Can you, are you able – are you good enough? If I give up this first-round pick, can you play for us for the next three years? And if that's the case, then great. Like, you know, we look at 32 years old in quarterback years is not old. Like, when Matt, when, when Matt Ryan won the league MVP, he was 31 years old with Kyle Shanahan. 31. Winning league MVP. So it's like 32 years old is not old like like people think. Um, he's I mean, when we're looking at Aaron Rodgers right now, who's what 37, 38 years old, and he's about to win the MVP. Now I'm not comparing Stafford to a Rod. I'm just you know in comparison to like quarterback years, like Russell Wilson right now. How old is he? He's about that age too, right? About 32 years old. Yeah, he's he's up there. Let me uh, let me. I mean, I can look it up yeah. for you real quick. So yeah, I mean, Russell I, I Wilson see how- is 32. 32. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about, okay, it, it costs you a first. Whatever. I still have a plethora of draft picks. Uh, you know, you st- you just put out all the – oh, by the way, somebody in one of these little football groups I'm in, or it's not even a football group. It's just like a, a sports group I'm in on Facebook. They put up your uh, your tweet of the 49ers draft picks. And I was like, that's my co-host. Man, I felt proud. <laughs> that's my boy. That's my boy, yeah. boy. Like, yeah, he's a big deal. That's right. But – um. <laughs> Niners, I mean, they still have, you know, if they only have to give up a first, they still have nine picks left in this draft. And you're probably not even going to use all nine. The, the thing that I would say, it, it, try to be as simple and succinct as I can, is, like, do you think if the 49ers traded a first-round pick for Matthew Stafford, do you think other NFL teams are going to be like, oh, man, that's great, the 49ers gave up their first-round pick? Or do you think they're going to be like, God damn it, the 49ers just traded for Matthew Stafford. Like, right. no one's going to care about that first-round pick if you're if you're solidifying the most important position on the football field. Like, no one's going to care. And and it's, and what's more intriguing is, yes, you could put together a little package, trade up. Maybe you don't have to trade up. You end up taking a rookie quarterback. But this is not a rookie quarterback. This is a bona fide, quality, top 10 NFL starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, you just brought him into the building. One, that doesn't come cheap, but two, the difference that can immediately make is, is I mean, I, you can't even put a number on it. Like, the number 12, giving up the number 12 overall pick should not be a, a stopping point when, when it comes to getting that kind of talent in the building 
And and it, and one thing that we haven't even talked about yet is the fact that the 49ers would actually be saving money by switching to Matthew Stafford. By the way his contract set up and the way that the trade would work out, I'm not a salary cap expert guy, um, but I do know that, that, that the, the common consensus is that on average Stafford's do about somewhere below 20s, 21, 22, some, something kind of money over the next two years. And which is about seven or eight million dollars less, six seven million dollars less than the 49ers owe Jimmy G. And if the 40, I do feel like the 49ers would be able to work out some sort of trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and get some compensation back. But let's just say the 49ers had to up and cut Jimmy Garoppolo, they're only going to be on the hook for about two million dollars out of 27. So they're going to save like 25 million dollars. Um, by moving on. And then the difference between the two, if you want to look at it like that, because obviously they'd be bringing Stafford into the building, they're still saving about five or $6 million somewhere in there. So, right. and you're getting better. And how much older is Matthew Stafford than Jimmy Garoppolo? Not uh, what, three years. Maybe? Jimmy Garoppolo is 29 and Matthew Stafford Stafford is 32. Yeah. Just, so like that's your stop. Like the, it's there's not a whole lot of downside here. And as my guy Javi said too, you can even save even more money. Like if the Forty Nine ers were to say they were to extend Stafford for one more year, um, you know they extend his contract. Now you can kind of like move money around to where it, you know, yeah, maybe it guarantees him more money, and you're able to give him more of a bonus up front to where that frees up even more money so that you can now sign guys like, uh, William, you know, uh, Trent Williams and, you know, like a Kawan Williams or, or a Jason Verrett, you know, that frees you up money to sign uh, some of these other guys and put money elsewhere just because you make it into like a bonus and kind of spread the money out. So, you know, there are different options. I think he, I think Stafford one gives you a higher ceiling with your team, just your quarterback play in general but also more flexibility with the rest of your roster, which, I mean, that's that that's that's a big time win. <laughs> that would be that would be a big time win for the Forty ers There's not. I mean, what is what's the downside? Uh, I, I think mean, the, I downside guess the downside is, is you lose the pick. No, you well, and he. I think the way people are okay. I'm just playing devil's advocate. They're looking at it like he's older and he's been banged up. So I I, I think that's what they're looking. At the the downside, I, I would now guess. and and I I would understand that I, I would would understand the downside of the injury part, but I mean he still started 16 games this season. He started he missed half the season last year, and then he still started and then he started 16 games for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years in a row. He started a full 16 games. So, I mean, I don't want to necessarily downplay the fact that he's kind of had a few injuries as of late. But at the same time, his track record is proven durability. Now, one of the cautionary tales with age comes, you know, you're a bit more fragile. You're a bit more susceptible to injuries. And injuries that you've already had, nagging injuries that you've been able to play through, all of a sudden are a lot more severe um, because you've compounded on top of them. So I don't, I wouldn't necessarily disregard the injury stuff. But... I mean, as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo's sterling injury history, like you know what I mean. Like you're, you're, you've still got to deal with that, and yeah. and Jimmy Garoppolo's in the building, and he doesn't have good injury history. Matthew Stafford has struggled with injuries kind of this season and the year before, but this season he toughed it through a lot of injuries. So at least you're getting a little nod toward his toughness, and yeah. and and we'll see. So. If you I don't remember know. too, for me, I think the injury thing is kind of a wash. It is a wash, but not it's not a wash because the big issue that I had with Garoppolo was not only is he injured or has been injured, you know, two out of the last three years, but he also is like you're injured and you limit the offense even when you are healthy. And that was my biggest issue. Like I've said this before on a pod, it's like Kyle and like I said earlier, like he, you know, Jimmy struggles to throw outside the numbers, struggles to throw down the field, like. He's made it to where people just think that Kyle's offense is a catch and run offense when really in Atlanta they were they were airing it out, right? Right. So uh when you know, when you look at Garoppolo, it's like not only do I have to worry about you being injured and stuff, but when you're playing, you're not playing at a high I mean, you're playing at a high level of efficiency in which 
Kyle has scaled down the offense to. Like, I'm, I can't even open up with you. So it's like, I'm keeping you, you're injured, and I can't really open up. You know, like, that that's an issue for me. I, I think another thing that fans are kind of... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, talking about, at least, you know, looking at my Twitter feed, is the fact that they would rather keep Jimmy and maybe trade up for, like, a guy like Trey Lance. What what do you kind of think about that in the sense of do you trade up multiple picks for Trey Lance and possibly have somebody that can lead you for the next however many years while you still have Jimmy on the roster, you know, you know for the next year at, at least, which I think is a very, you know, realistic situation? Or would you rather have Stafford and know for the next three years at least, you know, your your team is probably, you know, cooking at a high level and not really, like, that expensive of a quarterback? Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's BetterHelp.com slash G-O-L-D. To me, it all comes down to the fact that the 49ers are built to win right now. Yeah. And if you kind of had a you know a middle-of-the-road team, you had a lot of salary cap space, you, you know, you kind of – we're at a point where you felt like you could give a quarterback some time to develop, and you always could. Shit, the 49ers could trade for Massey Stafford and still end up with, with a quarterback that could start in the future. Because It just depends on what they're going to have to give up for Stafford. Um, we could be totally shocked, and they never have, they don't have to give up 12 or something. Like I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. But to me, it's the fact that the 49ers are built to win right now. They're up against the salary cap. Matthew Stafford clears them a little bit of space, and you're inserting a veteran quarterback that's probably going to play for you for maybe three or four years and is going to immediately make you a playoff 
slash Super Bowl contender because the 49ers have a lot of talent on, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that just kind of needs to be unlocked. Like you were just saying, it's just you can't just can't unlock any most of Shanahan's offense with the way Jimmy Garoppolo plays the game, and it's or for the most part consistently plays the game. Every now and then we see him have a game where it's like, damn, okay, but it's it's just not often enough. So right. and even the demo K number games are more efficient than explosive. I, I, yeah, eye popping. Like you, you typically. You know, like the the play he made against the Vikings um, week one a couple years ago, what, 2018, before the torn ACL. Like, when you look at that play, like, that was like a damn, that was a throw. But even then, like, even in that game where he did give you that, wow, eye-popping throw, there were also, what, three interceptions, one return back for a touchdown. Not saying it's all his fault, but just kind of like, you know, things that happened in a loss, right? Kind of like, you know, ugly. Like, it was kind of ugly at, at times. Uh, so, you know, Jimmy doesn't really give you – the 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 high like upside so you know like you were saying you were like you know it it win game but I think it, more times than not it's just more with efficiency more so than him just looking like like doing something really crazy like even a lot of times like it was screens that got Jimmy going you know whether it was screens or shovel pass behind the line of scrimmage or that one year when they were kind of playing bad against the Cardinals and then they they did the little throwback screen to Richie James and he went like 50 yards and then um, Tevin Coleman caught like a little out route and ran that like 50 yards. You know, he's kind of getting those type of plays that when you look at the stat sheet, it, it doesn't say those plays, but when you watch the game, <laughs> you realize a lot of it wasn't really Jimmy. It was playmakers around him, you know, and obviously you would like that, but it's just, I don't think Jimmy, and again, people are kind of going to go back to 2017, but, even even those games, he played very well. He kept drives going. It doesn't look like he really elevates the talent. I think he plays well with, within what he's asked to do, and that leads to wins. But not so much if things aren't going his way and you kind of need that big play, he can give it to you here and there, but I don't think he can give you the, to the same extent as Matthew Stafford. That's kind of my opinion. to me. The, the biggest thing about Stafford is look like if 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 all the other weird factors are out the window. Let's say Stafford's healthy. Stafford takes the 49ers offense to you know one of the best in the NFL for as long as he's in the lineup, and let's just say that's three years. With the the number twelve overall pick. You'd be drafting a rookie quarterback that ideally you want to sit him for maybe a year so he can grasp the nuances of Kyle Shanahan's offense, which would probably also result in the 49ers continuing to pay or paying Jimmy Garoppolo for at least one more season um, in a year when they're salary cap strapped. And, and like I said, there's not a huge difference between Garoppolo and Stafford. And then you're also doing that in the hopes that whatever you, whoever you picked at number 12 works out, which never is a guarantee. Whereas the 49ers who already have a ton of talent on the roster that can make a serious run for the Super Bowl right now. The inverse is using that number 12 overall pick, which you would have used on a rookie that, you know, there's a good chance they're going to be a good player, but you never know. Now you're taking that number 12 overall pick and you're using it to guarantee yourself a a top 10 starting quarterback. And, and to me, the appeal is in the, the guarantees. Like Matthew Stafford's not going to suck. And he's not going to certainly not going to suck in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And the 49ers are going to win games. And do you get those kinds of assurances with the draft pick you used to have? Not really. You're, I mean, there's, there's hopes, there's, there's chances. But when you're trading that for a, a pick, especially at quarterback, you're looking at like an immediate return on your investment that's much more predictable than what you would have done with that draft pick. And now I'm not advocating that you should always trade away your draft picks for veterans because that's not really how you build a successful football team. But in this case, trading for a, a genuine starting NFL quarterback that's that's excellent. I don't know how many times I can say that, but you guys know what I mean, is to me the far more appealing route for the 49ers because it's going to result in immediate success when the 49ers are built to be successful. I mean, that's really the best way I can summarize it. And I think one thing that we haven't really touched on is from Kyle Shanahan's standpoint, 
And, you know, he's a guy who has lost, you know, has had losing seasons three out of his first four years coaching. Obviously, his one year that he won was really high. But, you know, clearly the biggest issue that's been holding him back, and even the first season, has been the quarterback position. Now, some of it is his fault, right? Um, Could have won that first year and drafted a Deshaun Watson or uh, Patrick Mahomes, and we wouldn't be in this issue at all right now. But it's happened, and you got to figure it out. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who plays well, it just kind of is what it is. And now you're at the point where, you know, if you go out there with Jimmy or a rookie and whatever, I, I, I feel confident they make a run at wild card, you know, regardless. But, you you know, Kyle, he's not in it to go to the wild cards. I don't think. I think he's in it to win it all. And, you know, if he's not looking to have another down year, you know, you can't have, like, it's going to be five years. We're going on year five. Like, I know he wants to make something shake. And even I know some people are there, like, long-term success, all that. But if you say over the next three years you're in contention for, uh, you know, NFC Championship and Super Bowl for the next three years, I, I bet you he'd take that. And then you can start the rebuild after that. <laughs> you know, you can, start, you know, if you, you win you one or win you two, you can start rebuilding stuff after that. And people will look at you like, hey, we know what Kyle's able to do. He's, now he has to find his young quarterback. But right now they're in a situation where he, he kind of is, I don't want to say it's put up or shut up time because he just got an extension, but he has to show that he's who we think he can be on a, in, in a consistent, like in, on a consistent level. Because right now we're not seeing that. We we he's talked about as a very upper you know class tier coach. He's viewed as that. I think everybody can clearly see he is that. But he has to get this quarterback situation right. And I think this move would kind of make a lot of sense, not just for the team and everything, but for him and his mental. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's we've seen Kyle Shanahan's expressions on the sideline. KP over at Niners Nation loves to to highlight those. And we've seen how the players have reacted to the quarterback play throughout this season. And and it's not really a sentimental game and it's not a sentimental business. But being the 49ers having to endure what they endured in 2019 or 2020 and then going into 2021 with somebody like Matt Stafford, like that would be the biggest change of – the biggest boost in morale you could possibly give this organization and including Kyle Shanahan, because he's like, God damn, like, holy shit, I've got a quarterback again. Like I, I, you know, I don't even know what to do with myself. And, and it's just a matter of, of kind of just, and to your point, one of the things I said that you, that I think you said that was very important was Kyle Shanahan's considered a very good head coach. That's why I got an extension, despite the fact that he's done a lot of losing. I mean, the moment he, everything clicked for him, the team went to the Super Bowl. And this is about just making making things click on a more consistent basis for me. And to me, Kyle Shanahan's job is is about as secure as it gets. But if let's say the 49ers shy away from trading from somebody like Stafford, now if, if for some reason a bidding war, bidding war got ri- ridiculous and it became clear that it wasn't the smart move, that's one thing. But let's just say the 49ers chose to go, you know, another way and we end up finding out that whatever team trades for Stafford didn't have to give up much. You're 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 erring towards the side of where Kyle Shanahan will start taking blame for some of these moves because you're looking at a situation where kind of the stars have aligned to address the quarterback position with a player who wants out of where he is who a lot of people kind of expect the 49ers to be a like a major player or the major player for Stafford and I mean, it's like at that point, Kyle Shanahan kind of needs to to feel like he needs to do something. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to ignore opportunities to get better and just hope things work out because that's when you start to put your own employment in jeopardy. And again, I'm not saying Shanahan's anywhere near being fired, but, you know, openly or whatever, however you want to say it, letting Matthew Stafford pass you by. And then complaining about or, or or falling victim to poor quarterback play the next season, you have no excuse because you know if if the opportunity was there and you weren't willing to kind of do what it takes to make it happen, then that's on you. And and so you have to be willing to take responsibility for what happens the next season with whoever you have at quarterback. And 
you know, that's kind of just a, another reason. And with some, a few things we haven't even talked about. Uh, Matt Miller, formerly of Bleacher Report, starting his own site. He immediately tweeted that the 49ers, you, you should keep a close eye on the 49ers because that was his best bet for where he goes. Chris Sims, a good friend of, of Kyle Shanahan, who you mentioned earlier, um, has always spoken very highly of Matt Stafford and wanted to see him in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Then you also have, you know, the tweet Crocker mentioned earlier that just straight up said the Lions were talking to San Francisco. And Crocker, you, maybe you know this better than I do. Can teams be talking trades right now? Uh, Are they allowed well, to? I, I think, yeah, you can discuss it, but nothing can be, like you can't, the 49ers can't call Matthew Stafford. They can right. call. They can call the Lions, and they can talk to the Lions, but nothing can be uh, completed until the new league year starts. So Not I think right. they can even like agree upon the trade, but it just can't. It can't like happen until the new league year. Right, and it's although, and that's kind of what I figured was the case. I just wasn't sure, and so it, to me, it just just makes too much sense. This all makes too much sense. You've got Crocker's tweet with a guy just straight up saying, I don't want to keep saying a guy. What was his name, Croc? I feel disrespectful doing that. The, the guy that um, said the, the Lions were talking to the 49ers. Dan, Dan Cilio? Yeah, Cilio. Okay. Dan Cilio reporting that the Lions were talking to the 49ers. Uh, you know, then then Tom Parasalo tweeting that the, the Lions and Matthew Stafford are parting ways. And every other part of this scenario that just seems like it, it, it just makes sense. And if the 49ers are giving up pick number 12, then so be it. Like when they're winning football games consistently for a few years, is anybody going to miss pick number 12 from 2021? I think Colts, if they miss pick 13 from 2020, like for no, they got the fourth Buckner. Buckner. They don't care. <laughs> all pro. Like they don't care about that pick. Right, and 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 that's the thing with me is, is you're not trading that pick. You're not giving up that pick to trade up. You're giving up that pick for a known asset that you are insert. You know you're 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 it's. You guys know what I mean. You're just taking a great quarterback. You're putting him into a great offense, and everybody else in the division and everybody in the else, else in the NFL is going to be pissed that Matthew Stafford is finally on a team. That And I'm going to relate it to this, and, and you've mentioned Aaron Rodgers earlier. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford, but look what Aaron Rodgers was able to do at his age when he finally got into a Kyle Shanahan-type offense put together one of his best seasons ever, and he's probably going to win NFL MVP no matter what happens this postseason. Like, that's the same type of thing. It's it's not that, that you know, we don't know what Matthew Stafford is. We knew what Aaron Rodgers were. They're both very good quarterbacks. But look what Aaron Rodgers became when he finally got into an offense that's predicated on all the Kyle Shanahan principles. Like, it just lit up. And that's the same thing I would expect to happen if the 49ers traded for Matthew Stafford. Dude threw 48 touchdown passes this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the 49ers on offense have just as much talent as the Packers do. As far as surrounding pieces, you, you don't have Devontae Adams, and that's a huge piece. But you do have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, which is, yes, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of talent. And, uh, I mean, I don't even know if Matthew Stafford – I mean, Matthew Stafford's had some pretty good receiving course. You know, obviously – he said he said the man. He said, um, you know, Kenny Galladay didn't barely played at all this year. He didn't play it. He played like a couple of games. Marvin Jones. He had Golden Tate for a while. Who are some of the other great receivers they've had on the Lions? Uh, Calvin Johnson. Did you? Well, that, him? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's who I meant by the man. Oh, okay. <laughs> when, I, when I said they had the man. But I'm just trying to think of. I mean, is where do the 49ers receiving core rank in? talent in regards to what Matthew Stafford's had to throw to. I think pretty you know, pretty high up there. I think at one point they had Nate Burleson. Burleson? The uh, NFL Network guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he was hella good. So I was just I mean, he, he's a solid. He, he's a solid NFL receiver. So, yeah, they had Nate for a little bit, but I think when you factor in George Kittle, I, I would say it's as good as what he's had. I, I think healthy 
Galladay and Marvin Jones is really good. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think that there's, like, some, you know, big-time drop-off between Marvin Jones and uh, Galladay to IU Kittle and Debo, you know. And then, you, and then you're also adding the offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator, yeah. Right. So, I don't know, man. I, I, it just seems like it makes too much sense. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know, things these things get weird. There's going to be other teams that are interested in in in, uh, in Matthew Stafford. There are teams that need a quarterback that pick ahead of the 49ers, but at the same time, you know, those you know, you're talking about teams that would be have to be willing to trade their their top 10 pick for uh, Matthew Stafford, which may be a little rich to them. It seems like the 49ers are in a great position to make it happen. Maybe they, you know, maybe they give a pick 12 and get like a third rounder back, or I don't know. I just don't know where the bidding's going to be. But I do think given all the things we've said throughout this pod and, and all the kind of the signs and what everybody's saying, I think there's a good chance of it actually happening. Um, obviously, we and know they how these leverage. things are. What's and up? they have leverage. They have leverage. With right. the 12th overall pick, they have leverage because the conversation is going to start with the first round pick. If the 49ers are willing to give up the highest pick, then they have leverage because then from there they still have a good amount of draft capital as well, you know. So um, this is something like you know if the 49ers want him, he's he's there for the taking. I, I would agree with that. I think that's a great way to end it. Is saying like, look, if the 49ers feel like Matthew Stafford is the upgrade they've been searching for, Kyle Shanahan, you and you guys got to know that Kyle Shanahan has already said that his his his. Attention to the quarterback position is no different than any other position on the team and the fact that if they feel like they can get better and it makes the team better and all the circumstances line up, then they're going to do it. And Kyle Shanahan, if this is if Matthew Stafford is the upgrade he's been looking for, then they can do it. That's that's all. It really just falls to them. If Detroit, It's already been reported that Detroit is searching for trade partners. It's already been reported that the 49ers are, are talking to Lions. You know, it, it's there. If they want to do it, it will happen, but we'll see. You just you just never know when other teams start getting involved and what the bidding comes down to. It, it could get ridiculous, or it could just be that easy. Like, hey, here's number 12. Okay, here's Matthew Stafford. Let's roll. You know, that that could be it. But I don't know. You got anything, uh, you got anything else you want to add, brother? Yeah, man. Go get him, John Lynch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's, I think that's the move. I think that's the move. I think it keeps the 49ers um, – you know, and one of the big sticking points for the Deshaun Watson trade, I would add at the end, was for a lot of fans, not not necessarily me, uh, and I know you you agreed, is is kind of the player that would inevitably have to be traded back to Houston in order to get someone like Watson. Well, when it comes to Matt Stafford, no, they're 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 not the same quarterback. Watson's way younger, um, arguably better, uh, and all that stuff. But it, it just seems like the perfect blend of talent and cost for the 49ers in the position they're in. Uh, you know, it's not going to cost you a stud. The 49ers are going to keep their players, and they're going to they're going to insert a new and better quarterback into the lineup and run it back in 2021. So uh, it, it should get it should get interesting, folks. It should get interesting. But again, don't expect anything concrete for about another month or so, uh, because I don't think they can pull the trigger until the new league year, anyway. So um, we'll just see what develops from here and and how it goes. But hey, as always, I appreciate everybody out there. Uh, for listening thanks for tuning in hopefully you know you guys find this as a welcome surprise on a on a sunday morning which is when this should be out and i hope also hope that you guys enjoy the uh the championship games nfc and afc championship games should be um should be when this is released so hey appreciate you guys hopefully you enjoy the surprise but for another evening for another episode this is striking gold and we are signing out peace peace out Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.